Hey everybody, this is Luke. And I'm Kurt. And welcome back to The Breakdown. So good to be here another week. Glad to be with you. And guess what? It's May. Man, woohoo! Yeah. I didn't know uh, I didn't know May Day existed, but my kids were telling me. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's May Day. Okay, okay. And hey, Luke, I just want to say one thing. Coming up, I believe maybe tomorrow, May the Fourth, be with you. May the Fourth be with you. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a big Star Wars fan? No, I'm the. I'm, I understand. It. I've watched it. It's it's neither here nor there for me. Wow. So, but I know a lot of people love it, and I'm I'm happy for them. Yeah. So we're. I'm glad we're. I have nothing against. Trekkies, but I'm glad we're not a Trekkie family. <laughs> um, if you don't know what that means, you're good, you're safe. But uh, I do love Star Wars. I grew up with them, and now another generation. My kids are really into it, and I'm I'm very surprised at how quickly they're really glumming onto every aspect of it. So yeah, it's it kind of awesome. been in my house a yeah. lot lately. Yeah. So I will say to you again, may the fourth be with you, brother. <laughs> so, oh man, here we are on Sunday. It was just a great day to be in the house of the Lord and. Of course, we hope you're plugged in. Pastor Zach was talking about that. We hope that you are plugged into greenhouses. And I talked to somebody who was over by the the greenhouse that we have at the church, and you can scan the QR code. And they were saying, hey, I've already checked out this greenhouse in my area. It's, there's no room for me. And I said, well, check again, you know, and, and just like Pastor Zach was saying on Sunday, hopefully you're out there checking out the greenhouses that are popping up or Whatever if yeah, they're opening are, up, there there is room. Yeah, there's so room. If you are not in a greenhouse. There is room, um, and I highly encourage you to get involved. It's super fun. Yeah, super encouraging. I know in our greenhouse, like we a, a group of a group of the guys were able to help um, someone who was in need on Saturday. Wow. Uh, so it's really encouraging. It's more than just a, a, a Bible study. It's, yeah. it's more than that. I agree. And in fact, one of the things that we're seeing is that, you know, somebody like me um, who really does thrive in structure, you know, I want the routines. I want to have worship and I want to have the word and I want to have prayer. And then I somehow feel like we've satisfied this thing. And as I've talked to different greenhouse members and different leaders, every greenhouse takes on a different form. Yep. And it's okay. I love the freedom that we have here. Yeah. It's really good. And of course, now we heard announced that we're going to be moving into the hard study mm-hmm. in the summer as greenhouses, which we have done, but affectionately enjoy. So I'm looking forward to doing it again. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then Pastor Zach was uh, bringing home this word on Sunday. You and I were kind of talking off mic like, you never know uh, what's going to happen and how the direction of the Holy Spirit is going to take nope. us. Nope, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> so why don't you take us into the uh, the scripture? Yeah. So we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, where... Pastor Zach was talking, and in 2 Corinthians 6, 12, the biggest thing we start with here is that he says, Oh, Corinthians, you are restricted, not by us. Now, Paul here writing his second letter to the church at Corinth, and uh, I always find in this letter that he is far more vulnerable and transparent. And here he is saying, listen, you haven't been restrained or restricted by us, but rather you are restricted by your own affections. And then, of course, we get into the rest of the things that Pastor Zach was talking about. But in all honesty, we could park there for a little while. Mm-hmm. The, the truth doesn't restrain us. Our affections, mm. they, they restrict us from really following through with what we know the Lord is telling us to do. Right. And so when we say affections, like, let, let, let's flesh that out a little bit. Yeah. Like, what do we mean by affections? Bowels. Yeah, your bowels. So it's like the seat of your emotions. Yeah. 
It, we could categorize emotions under that, our feelings. You didn't even laugh. I was throwing it out there like, <laughs> you're a nurse. It's just not fair. Oh, it's just part that, of the thing. <laughs> Did you have a good bowel movement today? But no, Bastard Zach was communicating these things. The kids are losing it on the front row. He's talking about our insides. Yeah, you know? it's, it's very normal. To me. <laughs> oh, man. But keep going. Yeah. Our affections, they're in. That's they're good. they're That's who good. we are in the deep core of who we are. Yeah, so, and, and, you know, they believe like that was the seed of the emotions. And even in the New Testament, when it says like Jesus was moved to compassion, yes. that word moved to compassion is like, it's a guttural feeling mm. in, in like in the bowels, like from the bowels. Yeah. So in the same sense that if you, like, you know, when you have to use the bathroom, yep. there, that's what compassion is. It's wow. like, oh, there's a movement inside. Yeah that I must attend to. So compassion will always lead to an action. Mm. So in that sense, mm. right? Yeah. And, and, and that's, a, that's a good, when it's guided by the Lord, yeah. it's our, our emotions, our affections can be, you know, channeled to actually be used for good. But the, our, our affections and our emotions, that's, that's Satan's greatest playground with us because it causes us to doubt God's truth mm. because truth is true regardless of how someone feels about it. It's good. So, and, and sometimes, yeah, my heart is aligned with the truth. Mm-hmm. And then there's other times where I know it's true, but I don't feel that it's true. Yeah. And I think this is a really good point to stick on because what I don't even know, um, it's, it didn't hit me so much on Sunday as it is now as we're talking about it, which is why we rehearse, which Same. is why we go back through which is why we've been encouraging you over the year to go back through the message, to think through it, to this part about our affections restricting us. You know, you and I were talking off the mic about how we really have to be all in. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says this to one of the churches. Right. I wish that you were either hot or cold, but you're lukewarm. I'm going to spew you, vomit you out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. So there is this sense of we need to be all in in our relationship with God, if there is anything in our life that is affectionately drawn towards something else, some principle, some foundation, some concept of the world, then we're going to really struggle. And I often view like truth is in the center. Like you said earlier, Mm -hmm. truth is in the center. It just is. God said it. It's truth. Now I can choose to agree or disagree with that, but it doesn't change truth. And if I have feelings that are, are countering the truth, then I actually have to work with the Lord, submit to the Lord exactly. and allow those yeah. affections to be changed. Yeah. And, you know, last night in, in our school, school of the spirit class, biblical worldview, we were yeah. talking about uh, the armor of God. Mm. And the first thing that you put on is the belt of truth Yeah, and the belt of truth. It goes around the waist. So when we're talking about, you know, the belief that the affections are in the bowels. Well, the belt of truth goes around that. That's it good. holds all the armor together. Whoa. And it's like, this is, this is supposed to go super, be superimposed mm. upon our feelings, upon our affections is the truth of the Lord. Yeah. That's so good. So I want to say if we get to a point and, and I teach this in, in a lot of my classes and, and you've heard it as well. If we get to a point where an experience in our lives or an affection that we, that we hold and we feel like it doesn't align with the word, then what we have to do is not submit the word to our affections. Rather, we have to be willing to submit the affections to the truth of God's Mm -hmm. word. And that is and can be a painful process. Right. Right. Which is why Paul is saying, hey, you're not not restricted by us. Mm -hmm. You're restricted by your affections. Correct. Because the truth is 
But if you are tied to this world, and I will say, man, we have been seeing it in our time. The scripture says it. It is true. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Mm -hmm. We are all being submitted to the refiner's fire. And he and we truly only want to remain what is of him. Mm -hmm. We'd rather have it now. I want to see that my life, that the things that I'm doing, they're not just good and they're not just, okay, partly in, but I still have, you know, these things that I do, but this is the Lord stuff. No, I want it all to be his. And so does he. Yes. Amen. Amen. But again, it takes a step of faith Mm. to move forward in truth. You know, we have that phrase, stuck in your feelings. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm stuck in my feelings. I have to sort out my feelings. Okay, yes, but when you know something is true, yeah. there is now a step of faith. It's good. You have to, and, and faith requires a step forward. Yeah. So, and, and when we're saying like we, we are submitting to the Lord, we're going to mm-hmm. be all in, it's not, <laughs> not waiting for all of our feelings to be aligned. Yeah, it's good. It's I'm going to move forward in the Lord and then he will speak his truth to my feelings. That's really good. And I want to say to this, I want to say this too, rather, that if you're wondering, hey, what does a step look like? Do I have to jump all in and somehow, I want to say, I've used this example before. It's the one that always comes to my mind. And I remember when my life was fully rededicated to the Lord at 18, I still thought that there were some reasonable, you know, there were some practical reasons for abortion, you know, and I could list those reasons. I say, hey, like, I do think that we can say, yes, we are pro-life except for these reasons. But I was really challenged by the word of God in studying his word and, and, and seeing things. And I was like, wait, maybe that's not true, you know, in areas of rape or when the parent or mom is going to lose her life for the sake of the child, like all these different things. I was like, oh, I don't know how to answer them. And yet all I could do was submit those affections to the Lord because I don't know what I'm trying to do if I'm trying to rationalize and reason is I'm focusing on my understanding of good and right. evil. Right. I have to submit to the one who is truth. Right. And when I submitted to the one who is truth, he gave me the truth based on his word, regardless of how I felt. Right. And helped readjust my affections to be in alignment with his truth. Amen. Which is where he's taking all of us. So right. if you're not sure how to do it, you just start with, Lord, I'm willing. Yes. I'm yeah. willing. And, and that's what I was thinking about yeah. is, you know, our, our, our first value here is surrender. Yes. And it's whenever you feel stuck, just ask yourself, all right, what does surrender look like in this situation? That's good. What does surrender look like? And, and a lot of it's going gonna, it's gonna to look like, okay, I can't figure this out. God has to figure it out. God says this, I'm going to do this. Yeah. This is good. And I'm, I'm, I'm taking a moment to pause because I'm back. I'm flashing back to Sunday and I'm seeing those. So I'm seeing some of you who stepped forward as we move into this next part because your step of faith and your action was an identifying of restriction. And there was that next part that, that Paul takes us into um, in verse 13, that there's a yoking that's there that's unequal. Right. And we're seeing whether it's a business practice, whether it's a relationship or something that we've come into covenant and agreement with. That is not part of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And I really like that Pastor Zach spent some time uh, on this. I'm said verse 13. It's actually verse 14. I'm glad Pastor Zach spent some time on this because he's right. Most of the time that we're using this passage, we're teaching young people, 
hey, this is really all about marriage and relationships. Right. And it's so much, if we limit it to that, mm-hmm. we, we're not even having the full picture. No, and, and we're not going to reap the full reward mm-hmm. of being equally yoked. Mm-hmm. And so there's so much more communicated here. And again, if you don't understand the principle, the yoke is that harness that would be yep. placed over oxen to carry and to plow or to bring something to move them forward. You could imagine, imagine it however you want, whether you can understand the oxen or I, I've even just now I'm thinking about those, uh, those sled dogs, you know, mm-hmm. and they've, they've got those harnesses and they're, they're bringing everything yeah, forward. Or like a two-legged race. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. So there is a yoking together. I like the way you're looking at it, a two-legged race. It's always hard when well, you- we've all probably experienced <laughs> that. <laughs> and some of the things we do in youth group, if you grew up in yeah. the church, you know, we're yeah. trying to teach the unequally yoked. You cannot have, and, and Pastor Jack did a great job of bringing this out. You may have a different age uh, oxen together. Yeah. You may have some different right. d- differences there, but if you have strength comparison, that's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. You're looking for growth. So God is really the one that teaches us to be yoked together. But some of the baseline is to a believer. Yes, it's important yes. not to be yoked to an unbeliever, which really opens up the door for so much dialogue. Right. Absolutely. Because it what it comes down to is, are am I? Where am I in a relationship with the world in an unhealthy way? Mm -hmm. And where am I falling victim or at least opening myself up to the things of the world in an unhealthy way? Yeah. And that's what led to a lot of the applications that Pastor Zach brought up, uh, especially with education of our children. Yes, that was um, a strong one. Public school system. Um business practices. Like it go the, the it goes down the line. Like you can really apply this everywhere. Um, and I think a lot of, and I really want to commend him for bringing up this discussion because a lot of people don't want to bring up this discussion because it gets dicey. Yeah. It gets, um, it can get hairy and people can feel judged. Mm -hmm. Um, where it's like, well, maybe like that's the conviction of the Holy spirit. Like, you know, and again, like I can't make these decisions for you. No, I can counsel you. We can counsel each other, but again, it's up to us to decide what we're going to do. Um, after being presented with the word of God and, and the, you know, the, the promptings of the Holy Spirit inside of us. It's so good, Luke, because this area of unequally yoked, really what it produces, it produces compromise on, on one side of that yoke. Yep. Somebody is compromising. We, we often jump in and pastors act, use the analogy of shining our little light in a cave. Yeah. And we often jump in and think, I'm going to go full head on right. into this right here. I've got my light. I'm going to let it shine. And you're absolutely right. However, when you are yoked together with that darkness, you're not able to shine your light. And every time you are, that darkness could be putting it out. Right. It's really important that we understand that there is a, a, a level of clarity and that we actually have to be yoked and linked together to believers. Correct. And I think it comes down to nourishment. Yeah. Where is my nourishment coming from? All of our nourishment is supposed to be coming from the word of God and from the church and other believers. Yes. If you are being nourished by the world, either through, you know, like your child being nourished in a school system, that nourishment is not in line with the word of God. Mm. So, and and there's no way to dance around that. There, There really isn't. Yeah. Well, whether it's the school system, uh, a, a relationship before Getting advi- marriage. Or, or even yeah. a, sec- a secular counselor. I've heard of Christians there that go. go to secular counselors. It's like, yeah, there might be good advice, 
but at the end of the day, they're not they're not drawing their advice from the same place that you are. Yeah. Yeah. If if the word of God is the absolute and Correct. the truth and the moral compass, it's got to come back to the word. And I fully understand that this can be a quite challenging word. But again, if you start from the premise that neither Luke nor I nor Pastor Zach are saying this is mine, you need to believe it. We're saying this is the truth right. of the word of God, like Paul was. We either agree or don't agree, and we deal with the consequences and or the reward Mm -hmm. from either one. But it always comes down to an area of compromise. You know as well as I do. We may step out there saying, I'm going to be the light in this dark world. And if we are not, it does take a special, unique call and anointing because it will wear you down and wear you down and wear you down to the point where you know, I know, I've got plenty of people that I could bring on this mic and just a small little clicks off of compromise yes. yep. that have opened the door. It's so challenging. Right, right. And, and you know what? We've said this so many times. It's speaking the truth in love. In love. And Jesus says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Mm. So it's not, oh, I'm going to come into the right feeling and then I'm going to feel free. No, it's no. you will know the truth yeah. and then the truth will set you free. And we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. And when we're dealing with unbelievers or ourselves or anyone, it's, it's very important that we do not present an, uh, an adulterated, a changed or a watered down truth. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm thinking, I remember as a kid, I loved apple juice, like really, really liked it. And um, I remember this one time, I don't, know if, I don't even know if my mom remembers this, but- um, She will now. She, <laughs> <laughs> she was very concerned about like the sugar content one day. Like, yeah. Like, oh, he's having a lot of juice. So I remember I asked for juice and she gave me juice. But when I tasted it, I was like, what is this? And she's like, oh, we, I, I cut it with water. It's healthier for you that way. Mm. And I was like, oh, I don't like it. And so then, you know, she, she then gave me like the, like the, uh, the unwatered down. The, yeah, the, the, the juice, real stuff. The real, the real stuff. And, and I think sometimes that's what we do yeah. with, um, with, with people, yeah. or especially Correct. people in the world. And this is where our affections come into place. I don't want to hurt their feelings. Mm-hmm. I still want to maintain a bond. So when they ask pointed questions about our faith, about like, like what is sin or like what is not sin, like what is right, what is wrong, we can be tempted yeah. to water it down. Yeah. And it's like, why would we do that if that's what we believe is true? Like this is the word of God. Yeah. So it's, I, we need to love people enough to give them the unadulterated, the, the unwatered down truth, mm-hmm. but doing it in love, meaning like I'm here for you, you know, in, in this, but, but we do that, you know, we do that together. We do that in a relationship with other believers too. It's so, it's so good. I was thinking about this as you're talking there, by the way, great analogy, great story. I'm going to be chewing on that for a while is because really Nobody likes, this is really what Jesus is talking about. Either give me juice, give me water or give me juice. Don't give me watery juice, right? Yeah. Give me, give me hot or give me cold. Yeah, something that has a purpose. Yeah. Because yeah. at least then I know right. to either like or dislike, mm-hmm. but what you're ta- giving me that's mingled and mixed is I can't really tell. Right. It's, it's not, it's not consistent. Right. So that is so good mm-hmm. right there, man. And I even think about how important it is as we, move forward if we if we take a look one thing i do want to highlight on this and and i love that pastor zach said it hopefully you stuck around during the altar call if you responded to the altar call or if you were in your seats praying 
for some yeah. of our friends and peers up there at the altar call, this is not a get out of your marriage free card if you are married to an unbeliever. And I do want to say this too, in 1 Corinthians 7, Paul actually talks to the believing spouse married to an unbeliever. Hey, God understands these things. You may be, uh, you may have been both. I, so many times in school, I discover um, people who were unbelievers when they got married, and now somebody is a mm-hmm. believer. Well, you shouldn't be running away from your marriage vows. In fact, 1 Corinthians 7, Paul says, hey, fulfill your marriage vow. God will really sanctify that marriage. And if children come as well, God will sanctify that those children. Here's the thing. Your spouse is not going to just get your salvation. However, you are being an example to your spouse. Sometimes I tell uh, the women, hey, who else has God given to really love that man? You get to show mm-hmm. an unbeliever in your house what it looks like. And I understand that that's challenging. Now, that's for that scenario where there may be somebody who was, they both were unbelievers when they got married. Mm-hmm. I also understand the caution for somebody who's not married. Um, yeah. This is the next caution. This caution for somebody who's not married is make sure that you are looking for Correct. a believer. Correct. That is so vital. Yeah, absolutely. You cannot, you can't compromise with that. You can't because we've done enough marriages and you've seen enough marriages to know what it looks like when you compromise on mm-hmm. on that area. And what's interesting, I, I'm very interested in your thoughts. Pastor Zach, having done, you know, premarital and marital counseling over the past 12 years, said that he he doesn't even encourage. He said it one of the services, and I don't know if you caught it, but even if you have somebody who's a spiritful believer, he wouldn't even encourage them to marry a non-spiritful believer because there could be some challenge and compromise there. And I was Definitely interested to yeah, hear. Yeah, that's that's very um, fine tuned. Yeah, uh, but I think it sh- it highlights the level of discussions that need to be taking place. Yes, when we're coming into a partnership such as marriage yep. with someone else, or even if it's like you're thinking about forming a business with someone, that's right. You need to get down to the the nitty gritty of like what do you actually believe? Mm-hmm. Uh, because when 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 crisis hits, what's the well that you're drawing on? It, and is are your wells the same depth is the the water quality the same do you measure <laughs> do you measure truth the same like do you look at what, what's your standard of truth yeah what do you believe to be true what's your experience of truth yeah you know and i think that's what it gets down to absolutely and, and it's, it's you know when we're talking about you know being spirit filled is like all right do you is your walk with the with the holy spirit dynamic mm. or or you, you know like that's it's very like what is your walk like Mm-hmm. And is their walk compatible with your walk? That's what I would say. Go with that. Well, well that's really it. It's not an issue. That, I love what you're saying. That's really, and pa- Pastor Zach has said this in other times, in other messages, and in some private settings. You need to make sure that that person that you're looking for to marry can run with you. You are yes. running towards something. It is God who said it wasn't good that man should be alone. So God created a helper suitable to him. So in our time, when we're looking for a spouse, we need to make sure that we're actually choosing that spouse that can run right alongside of us for the purpose to which God's called right, us. Right. Yeah. And and that's why there has to be ongoing discussions because we we change, we grow, but we're supposed to be if we're in a partnership like that, we should be growing together. Mm. So in the rest of the passages here, it really breaks down that that first part about being unequally yoked. I'm still back in first Corinthians. No, keep going. I gotta, I gotta uh, go second, to second, second Corinthians, Corinthians six. And uh, and the rest of the passage here. And Paul breaks this down after talking about being unequally yoked. 
For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? Right. Some of these things here. And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what 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 uh, part has a believer with an unbeliever? And that is that part that Pastor Zach right. was bringing up on that portion. We do yes. not have the same portion. The, sh- the same shared yes. inheritance. Yep. And so it's important to make sure. And this is why I really love that we are not, you know, if you run a business, you're not closing your doors to people who think differently than you. No. You know, you are supposed to be there to Mm -hmm. be that light of the world. It's in terms of that partnership and that yoking and that coming together, I would say covenant. That's where it comes into that relationship with a spouse. When you're covenanting with somebody, covenanting with somebody to accomplish something, when you're entering a business practice, you're not going to have, if you're with an unbeliever, you're not going to have the same values. And that will, at some point in time, become problematic. We're, right. we're running towards something completely different in the kingdom than anybody in the world is. Right. And that's why Paul brings up these very black yes. and white. Contrasting. Contrasts. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. there, is, there is no gray. Yep. There is no gray. Um, now, again, I think it's, it's important to bring up, okay, well... I'm supposed to be the light of the world. Correct. So, so how how is the light of the world supposed to be the light if I don't go into the darkness? Like, mm-hmm. and so what does that look like? Well, I think it's really important. Uh, just kind of hearkening back to some of the things we were talking about. If you look at the areas where you have partnership, if you look at the areas where you have covenant, if you look at the areas where you're yoking together, if you just take some of the words that Paul talked about, obviously you want to make sure you're running in accord and running in in line with fellow believers. Why? For the singular reason that you share the value set of the kingdom right. of God. That's it. Yep. Right there. You have the spirit of God inside of you being a follower of Christ and you share the values of the kingdom. That being said, Paul says to the Jew, I become like the Jew. To those under the law, I become like under the law. To those without from the law, without mm-hmm. the law, apart from the law, I've become as apart from the law. Not towards God, but towards them. So there is that element of I become all things to all men so that by any means some might be saved. Right. We are not supposed to compromise on that light, but in terms of what we're yoking together, it should be a fellow believer. I can see you chopping yep. at the bit. No, and you're ready cool. to go. Keep, keep going. Keep but going. in the area of the world, Paul actually in his writing saying says, listen, I'm telling you to conduct this way among yourself as believers, but I'm not telling you to have the same mind towards unbelievers because then you'd have to remove yourself from the world right. and that's impossible. Yeah. But we don't compromise yeah. on the right. truth. Correct. So we have an understanding of, hey, they don't come. The world does not come to the same place in the same well that we come to and maybe you have never even been raised or trained with any concepts right. whatsoever. Exactly. So I need yeah. to understand like, Like Pastor Zach was talking about earlier in Acts, Paul says, hmm, this unknown God who you don't know and whom we live and move and have our being, he's the one I'm going to preach to you. Right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's that's, that's fantastic because the only time that we're ever told to go into the world is only in the context of reaching others for the gospel. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, When Jesus sends out the 70, they go in pairs. Yep. So they're not going by themselves. They're not, that's a good one right there. And they're going out with a mission yep. to to heal, to point others to 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 God, to Jesus, to the Father, um, to share the gospel. And then right as Jesus ascends into heaven, he says, Go into all the world mm. and preach the gospel. Again, the going out into the world is with the mandate of 
carrying the gospel. Yeah. And then the armor of God, what are we put on our feet? It's the gospel of peace. Good. So when I walk, I'm walking, understanding that my feet are clothed in the gospel of peace. And that's what I bring where I go. And then becoming all things to all people is, it's not saying that I set, like you're saying, like I don't compromise the truth. And it's like, okay, well, I'm not a Christian in this environment. Yeah. It's okay. I am bringing the gospel into this environment. These people are in, are in darkness. Their affections have been hijacked by Satan mm. in some way. So it is now on me to understand where they're coming from, not compromising the truth, but I have to understand yep. in order to then know how to reach them. That's right. Yeah. How can I effectively communicate without compromising unless I understand where they're coming from. Right. And th- this would be really interesting. One of the biggest things in our time, and, and we're not going to have a whole lot of time to get into it, but one of the biggest issues in our time that I know we've talked about is the LGBTQ plus movement and how important. I was reading an article last week and it was passed on to me by one of our teachers at School of the Spirit. And it's all about how transgenderism and LGBTQ plus has really become a religion. It is not mm-hmm what you may have believed or what you were told 20 years ago. It is a movement. Mm -hmm. It is a religion. And so therefore, we have to be understanding and wise to the schemes of the enemy within that movement, but we have to be peaceful, patient, and sensitive Right. To the people who are struggling in those lifestyles. Right. And There's under, two different things yes, we're fighting here yes. and facing. Right, they have not been fighting. deceived. Yes. Yes. And you you cut that so clear. It's And I don't mean fighting. There's two different things we're facing here. Right. We're facing a, a demonic movement. Correct. An anti-gospel. Yes. Right. And then we're facing people who have been deceived. As, as Paul would say, that the eyes of the unbelievers have been blinded by the God of this world. Mm-hmm. So how can we expect somebody to understand something They've never become clear to. We have to walk with that gospel of peace on our feet. Mm-hmm. So wherever we go, right. we're bringing that gospel. And then if we go from the very first thing we said in this in this uh, breakdown today, that truth is. So when I bring the truth, it doesn't it doesn't matter if that chafes that person. Right. I've brought the truth. Right. They're responsible. You're responsible. Right. I'm responsible. Exactly. Well, you know, medicine doesn't always taste good when it goes down. Mm, but a spoonful of sugar helps. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it but it's what it's what's gonna heal the the, the yes! disease. And so the truth of the gospel is what will set people free. Amen. Now people might might reject it and not want that. And they're and they have the right to do that. Mm. That's the thing. And I, I think that's the that's the hard part is like yeah. there will be people who just flat out reject and want nothing to do with it. But, um, you know, we, we're just called, we're just told to spread the seed. Yeah. And then we need to, we are to speak the truth in love and love will, will stand by and, and, but never compromising the truth. And, and for a lot of lost people, that speaks a lot of volumes because what they're searching for is an identity. They want to feel close. They want to have a sense of belonging. They've never really had that. Yeah. So if you speak the truth, they're like, and, but you stand by them, that says a lot because yeah. they're saying like, I don't like what they're saying in some ways, but then in a sense, like they're still here with me. Yeah. That's what the Holy Spirit uses. So do the, the response of those who hear the truth, that is not on us. That's right. That is not on us. In fact, Jesus said that if they reject this, they right. rejected me, yes. not you. Yeah. And we tend to take it so personal and we tend to not preach this good news or speak the truth in love 
for fear of rejection, but they haven't rejected us. I, I love that you do medicine. I love that you're a nurse because it helps me understand so much. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. In fact, Jesus said, it is not the well who need a physician. It's not right. the healthy who sick. need a physician. It's the sick. So it's like, oh, yeah, okay. So if I'm looking here and I'm saying somebody in this world, well, they wouldn't identify as having a sickness. But if anything is not the gospel in our lives, if we have not surrendered to the gospel message of Jesus and to his truth, that is an ailment. That is a separation. Mm -hmm. That is a lack of identity that can only be found in him. And for me to sugarcoat it and make it something like, here's an additive to your life. This is not an additive to your life. This is life itself. Mm -hmm. There's no life apart from this. Amen. Apart from him, Mm -hmm. apart from Jesus. So Yeah. yeah, man, really good chat on this breakdown today. Intense stuff. I mean, this is not easy stuff. No, I love it. I love how we're getting right to the. Yeah. Hardcore stuff. It requires dialogue. So, hey, if you're using this breakdown for your greenhouse or you're meditating on some of these concepts, feel free to have the dialogue with your friends and your peers at Greenhouse. Be patient with one another as we're working these things out and understand that the rubric for our life is the truth of God's word and Jesus is the answer. So we can't compromise on that truth. No, we cannot. All right, brother. Father, we thank you for uh, our time together today and we just pray that Uh, your truth would just be seared upon our hearts, Mm. uh, that we would go to your truth above our feelings, um, that we would be protected from the schemes of the enemy in our life, um, that we would just just build our life on your truth. Um, And I pray for anyone who's struggling uh, to receive this, uh, that you would meet them in a special way, that they would uh, just see the light of your truth shining and they would just follow that. Um, even if they don't really know how that's going to look or feel to them, but they would just go after you. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, Luke, uh, may the fourth be with you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how to respond to that. That's great. You're supposed I'm to... just so thankful you don't. You haven't said, Luke, I am your father. Oh, no, I wasn't even going there. All right, buddy. I'm yeah. Kurt. And I'm Luke. And that's The Breakdown. We'll catch you next week.